This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve welcome back special guest Staring John, whose piercing gaze has been known to make grown men weep and porpoises wax themselves in fear. This unholy trifecta has united once again for our continuation of the Daniel Craig era Bond retrospective, this time examining the third entry, Skyfall, from 2012, a film that's akin to a finely crafted martini. It's sleek, it's sophisticated, and it packs one hell of a punch. Join us as we discuss how this Bond's psychological depth and emotional complexity sets it apart from the rest. Take a quick Prometheus Numi We were so wrong. Rapace detour, and finish off with a bad review that almost ejecto cito causes G Baby out of the seat. Tip up your cup, throw your hands up, and get ready to wax poetic. Who knows, maybe Staring John will even grace us with a glance. If we're lucky. This is your ass, please. Let's wax this clandestine porpoise. Welcome back to Waxing the Porpoise. We are on episode 54 now, covering Skyfall, the second part in our Daniel Craig era Bond retrospective, where we have Staring John joining us to break it down. Tonight, uh, to introduce ourselves, you have, of course, myself, Jim G. Baby. What do you see? A bloody big ship. And, of course, as always, the usual suspect, Steve. England. The Empire, MI6. <laughs> You're living in the ruin as well. <laughs> How's it going, my friend? Doing good, man. And as I alluded to previously, we have once again returning champion Staring John joining us this evening. But they made me suffer and suffer and suffer until I realized it was you. How's it going, brother man? On top of the world. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for making time and joining us. I am especially excited to cover this film. Yep. Uh, as evidenced in my deep cut uh, sound bites, I chose. Oh, before we get right into the guts up top, we're going to, because we did our, our one, one year anniversary a couple episodes ago, uh, just with the time lag when we record and such, it didn't make it into that show or, or uh, the follow up that we just had with Steve's uh, Papa Son. So I have a couple that I'm, I'm pretty excited to. Uh, to get into here uh also just thanks to everyone who reached out like on the side or like you know an instagram comment or or something just you know giving us props we appreciate you uh we did have a couple people reach out directly to the email so i want to read those both off real quick uh first one we have is from our good friend hydroperg aka nick from a cut above horror review he says what a joy it's been watching you guys wax poetic each week on films, missing persons, cryptids, and dick dogs exploits. It's been a real pleasure watching you boys bond each week and grow as a podcast. The banter be between you guys is just music to my ears. Guesting on your show has been such a blast. You treated me like one of the boys, and having you both on our show has been equally as fun. Uh, we wish you guys all the best and look forward to hearing more and more from you. So keep waxing that porpoise and keep it creepy. From Hydroberg and your friends at Cut Above Horror Review. 
Well, thank you very much, Hyderberg and Jacqueline and John. John's back in action. Um, nice. We appreciate you. We've had a lot of fun coming on your guys' show as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, those guys are all super cool. Yeah, totes. Yeah, we'll have to get. We'll probably get something going here sooner than later. Ah, there's one thing I want to say. I don't know if I'm I'm cleared to yet, but that'll that'll come in the coming weeks. Uh, they got a new Hyderberg's working on something on the side too, but I'm not gonna put my foot in my mouth. Uh, like I want to do. Uh, a second uh, shout out here before we get into the main event. This one, this time is is full on, full disclosure. So this is from Bob from uh, Straight Chilling. Dear, wait, the subject is fucking Steve part two. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> dear, fuck, <laughs> dear fucking Steve. Congratulations on a full year of dog shit movie opinions. Hopefully G baby's exquisite taste in cinema has rubbed off on your ignorant ass. And we'll get some decent content over the next 52 weeks. Wouldn't count that G baby sure has riz. Anyways, I ran into your old pal, Joe Dante last weekend in new Orleans, you know, the director of the burbs, he was chugging hand grenades and tongue and strippers assholes, which is pretty intense for a 76 year old, but good for him. I told him what you thought about his movie, and he said something along the lines of, tell that scrotum scrubbing fuck to eat my shit with splintered chopsticks. His upper li- lip was dusted with white powder so so clearly he was in goblin mode. Seems like a sweet guy. Speaking of sweet guys, I hear your father is going to be a guest on the show. He sounds like an extremely intelligent, res- respectable human being. Unfortunately, he passed none of that down to you. <laughs> Does he know you stroll into Native American casinos and steal their gold like Chris fucking Columbus? <laughs> I-Y-K-Y-K, if you know what oh, you mean. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> now you've gone too far. <laughs> if you know, no. <laughs> uh, don't say it isn't true. I got the receipts. You better stop fucking around or else that snack commonly referred to as G-B is going to call my ass up from the miners to slay. Fuck around plus find out equals dipshit Steve. Let's go. Hashtag demon time. He hit them all, huh? Bobo. He's trying to get my autism Richter scale to just go off the fucking charts. (laughs) Full pop, dude. there was a bingo card of everything that drives me nuts he hit every <laughs> single one of them <laughs> oh robert somebody yeah, was into was... his cups of malort it sounds like yeah <laughs> yeah that was quite the uh the soliloquy so uh yeah thank you bob thank you fellows at the straight chilling crew that was excellent as per usual uh before we segue into the main event is there anything you guys want to talk about up top or uh Seen anything cool or intriguing, exciting? No, nothing on my end. No, not really, man. All right. Just look at you, barely held together by your pills and your drink. (laughs) Okay, cool. So we're going to get into the main event here, which is Skyfall. This was directed in 2012 by a one Samuel Mendes. This is the third entry in the craig era bond films and like i said briefly we skipped over quantum of solace because i think it's just like a continuation of one it's just like the revenge side he's like kind of going like one track mind to avenge vesper i i mean in a nutshell i think that's what it really is it's just like if you if you stacked in my opinion if you stacked casino royale and quantum of solace together it could be just like one long player and that second half of quantum of solace is him just like out for blood 
yeah. uh, for Vesper. Because then once we get into Skyfall, they don't really mention her. That's kind of on the back burner until later films. But if you wanted to be a completionist, I say, yeah, check it out. It's not as bad as it was uh, made out to be when it was released. And I think now, too, it's it's got more favorable eyes on it. Like, you know, I think people were just kind of overreacting. And in light of Casino Royale being so different and new and so good, it's like the second one, the follow-up to that was destined to to fall short of yeah. those kinds of expectations. What What do you guys think? Did you watch it, Steve? I did. I I couldn't I couldn't not watch it just for story continuity. It would it would have just bugged me. I felt like I would have been missing something <laughs> the whole time. But yep. but you are you are correct. I don't think it really would have taken away from Skyfall at all. Uh, I didn't think it was that great. I mean, it was entertaining, but not very interesting. Mm-hmm. But to put it in between Casino Royale and Skyfall, it's like yeah, this clearly this one is not up to the same level as the yeah. other. And, Thank God it wasn't two and a half hours like yeah. the other two. And yeah. it felt it felt longer than it was, whereas these other two felt shorter than they were. So right yeah, on. And I was I was surprised the, the Rotten Tomatoes was I think like sixty with the critics and fifty with the people, which after Casino Royale, which which I think was in the nineties for both. Yeah, it's high. Uh, that's that's a, uh what they call a sophomore slump in sports. Yeah. Yeah, I think upon in my or actually, John, what what do you think? I think the yeah, the the thing with uh, Quantum of Solace, I feel like they there's a lot of like kind of the side players that get set up in that for later on in the series. Yeah, there's a there's a deeper dive into Felix. Right. And then his boss and that kind of whole thing. So uh, I, I think it's more of a. A continuation, like you say, but also more uh, more of a setup into these characters that you're going to be more in depth in future movies. It was important to it's important to watch it. I think in the series, skipping it, I think would be a mistake. But okay, good. Well, that makes me feel better. About Fair that. enough. Yeah, I probably don't feel as strongly, but I think uh, to give you a more comprehensive view of like everything because there is stuff that ties into specter and then no time to die as well from all the films, but yeah, quantum of solace too, but um, which I think that'll be interesting to, to talk about in the next one when we do, when we cover specter yeah. uh, and I'll just not say anymore. Uh, so we don't belabor the point, but um, just, a, just as a little aside, do you remember that part in big fish where I think it's Steve Buscemi, he comes across and he's writing a poem about specter and he's like well what do you got so far and he's like roses are red violets are blue i love specter <laughs> this is why i never show a masterpiece in work <laughs> that's a, a cool movie. connection actually because uh our homeboy at the end of this kincaid is uh homeboy's dad in oh, really? uh, big fish yep albert Interesting. finney yep it's been he a looks long a lot different with the big ass beard Oh shit! Yeah, and he is quite a bit. I mean, he's ten years older in Skyfall from because Big Fish was like oh three, I think. Somewhere, so, yeah, he's there. like That's nine or right. ten years older. But yeah, he's a great. I, I like Albert Finney a lot. He's he's awesome. Um, I want to say he was Daddy Warbucks and Annie. That's like really the and he's like oh, bald. He's like suit. He's still old, but he's like a lot younger than because I I've, I've only known him from like. Uh, Born Identity, he's in the first one. 
big fish and then this, but I know he was a bigger guy like in the sixties and seventies, but, um, yeah, I liked him as Kincaid. Welcome to Scotland. Yeah. yeah. That shit was sick. Uh, I guess so cutting to the chase. What'd you think of this one, Steve? Is this a yay or nay for you? Oh yeah, definitely. A, definitely a yay for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I Bang. think kind of just like Casino Royale. The only criticism, if I had to find one, was I just wish there was more uh, bad guy. You know, I feel like I don't know. That's yeah, the, that's the that, only criticism I could I could come up with was, um, I mean, Javier Bardem is just such a fucking badass and everything he does. Yeah. And I I could have done with a little less Judy Dench, if we're gonna be honest. I her character <laughs> just kind of bugs me, and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have minded more Silva. Yeah, I I think that's a fair trade. I'd take more Silva for less Dench, but I don't know. Like we're not Brit British, um, right. but I I think that was like a. I think she's pretty highly regarded across the yeah. pond, as yeah. it were. And this was her send off, so that I think they had yeah. to throw her a little bit more kind of screen time and and firm it up. But uh, I yeah, I mean that. that's that's a pretty good. I mean. That's that's pretty high praise if your only knock is I wish I would add more of this person, but yeah I agree I I could do with more Silva too because he's he's like a I mean Bardem's like a kind of a chameleon type dude like he can play like these creepy weird characters but in different ways like if you stack up you know two villains such as Sugar from No Country and Silva in this they're worlds apart but yeah, yeah. I think he's got that same kind of effect like a real unique dynamic kind of villain that's got his own thing going on. What do you think, John? Yeah, that's uh it's funny you say that because I'm part of my notes. I got that. Like I got big dark Knight vibes from in this movie. You know what I mean? From the villain, the setup, the interaction between the two, as far as bond and, uh, Piago, Right. And then Batman and the Joker and just his whole kind of demeanor, just that crazy guy going around like the super in-depth setups. It just, it seemed it's, uh, it might sound crazy, but that's, that's, that was the vibe I got. No, Some I didn't. Heath Ledger Joker shit. I didn't think of that, but hearing it now, it, it, I mean, it makes sense. And, and like the whole, uh, the idea of, of ratcheting up like the, uh, what is that term? Like, like where you have to, you, you have to keep escalating, you know? So like you have, uh, you know, a protagonist, the good guy in bond being so badass. It's like, you have, it's like at a certain point, you're going to, you're going to whittle down to, okay, there's going to be another villain, a counterpoint that's got to ratchet up to like stand yep. up to that. And I think that's a good example of like ledger, Heath Ledger and Bale's Batman and Joker, and then Silva and uh, bond in this. That's a good, uh, those are good cognates, I guess. Um, cool. So I'm glad you liked this one. I was worried about maybe like this one, maybe being too long because this one is two hours and 20 minutes, I think ish. I don't have it on hand. Yeah. But. It was pretty close to two and a half. Okay. But no, it, I mean, it didn't feel like it. Yeah. For me yeah. Anyway. Yeah. This film moves pretty, pretty good. I feel yeah, like pacing is really good. In it. Yeah. Just real quick. I thought it was interesting that Sam Mendes is the director of this and he's kind of like a more like a prestige kind of director like and he's more known for like dramas really so i thought it was interesting choice in him but i really liked uh 
his take on bond and like he, he came from out of relative obscurity and then he directed American beauty with old Kevin Spacey. And then he followed that up with uh road to perdition. I don't know if you guys have seen that with Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's pretty I like good. that one a lot. I haven't seen nice. it forever, but I remember liking it a lot. Yeah. I was actually surprised. I didn't realize he directed that, but, um, and he's a director producer on most of his stuff. So he's like, he's carrying, he's got a lot on his plate, but, uh, then he followed that up with jarhead, uh, revolutionary road with, uh, Leo DiCaprio away we go. And then skyfall specter. Then he did 1917, which, uh, is pretty rad. I like that film a lot actually. Um, but he didn't do. I know you're a fan of that one, Steve. I do like that movie a lot. Uh, but he didn't do the newest Bond movie. No, he did not. He did not do No Time to Die. He. Hmm. It's actually. I don't know how. Can you comment on this? Is it pretty, or has there been instances of directors doing a back to back Bond? It, to me, it seemed kind of out of the ordinary. Not that I know of. I I didn't really follow the older ones that closely. To be fair, too, I, it's possible but i not that i uh not that i would know and i think prior to this too like uh most times they kind of just it seems to me like they would plug and play a director like they didn't really like put because most of it it's like the the formula is pretty simple right you got bond you need a good villain a bond girl some kind of plot and then just, you know, let them go. That's what's going to carry the story, not so much the director. But I thought it was an, an interesting choice to go with someone like Sam Mendes. And then he turns out he, he comes back and does back-to-back. He does Skyfall and Spectre, which I'll save my thoughts on Spectre for next time. But uh, I just thought that was interesting that they went back-to-back. So they must have had just, like, a lot of stock in him and – I think his his directing capability comes across in in Skyfall. Like he this this movie to me feel, feels a little bit more serious than any other Bond film. Like or maybe on the same wavelength as Casino Royale. It's got pretty heavy tone. There's not a lot of levity, not a lot of comedic kind of points, or it, it doesn't lean on any of like the Roger Moore. I mean, even some of the Connery ones have uh, kind of a goofy air to them at times. Where this one's like pretty, like cut to the bone, like like plays it plays it pretty straight, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they put in some of the obligatory, like corny little jokes, you know, the little sure. one-liners. But could it? I mean, the one be... at the end where he's like, he's keen to get home when he yeah. jumps on yeah. the fucking train. <laughs> like... <laughs> like, what does he say when? He gets out of the lake or whatever, like, oh, I went for a dip or something. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could it could it be as simple as this movie made a billion dollars, so they're like, we're going to bring him back? Yeah, it, it just could be that, too, for well, sure. It, the, and they also, this is, it was pretty, remember in the old days, they would be, uh, they would tell you the next fucking Bond movie. You'd be watching the credits, right? And then it's like, James Bond will return and. And then it would fucking tell you what the next Bond movie was going to be. Oh, is that and right? They, I didn't know that. I didn't know and, that either. Damn. And some of them they do for sure. Huh. Uh, like he'll was, be I back think, next in Octopussy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then this one ends really very similar to that. So a part of me kind of thinks maybe they had this plan to do this two yeah, piece. Cause it, it, this is the only one that ends where it was like, James Bond will return. Mm-hmm. Like they're letting you know, like the shit is like, 
This is part of the story. It ain't all there. And uh, I think it's an in-depth story enough as far as, you know, getting further on into the series that I could see him kind of like having some kind of agreement or some kind of drawn up plan of like, hey, I want to do this crazy shit. It's going to take two movies. Mm. Yeah, like laying the groundwork of like, like Bond and his backstory, because this starting with Casino Royale, this is like a. I don't know if it's a hard or a soft reboot, but it's it's an attempt to like kind of shake all of the previous bonds and set him up like it's not a code name. He's an actual fucking person. His name is James. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of and that's kind of in the background. That's like the subtext that doesn't come right out and say it. So you have to be a real bond geek to kind of like look behind that and see, oh, OK, this is what they're doing but i mean and they set it up at the end of this too where like you have the male figure being an m and then they set up money penny and they kind of roll her in so they're kind of i like this film a lot because it feels and i mean it's pretty on the nose how they i mean how many times do they say um sometimes the old ways are the best ways or like they're they're recalling that juxtaposition of old and new uh and then they're calling back to the older films and reintroducing like, okay, here's money, Penny. She's going right. to be set up as a secretary. And then there's M the dude played by Ray Fiennes. Judy Dench is out. Um, that whole yeah. ending is sick because it's exactly like, uh, I don't know how much you remember old bonds, but the fucking door, like M's door was exactly like the door and all the old bonds, like mm-hmm. money, Penny with the desk right there with the hat rack, right net, Like, that set looked exactly like if you go back and watch like uh, Sean Connery or Roger Moore ones, like it, it looked exactly like that office when he comes in and he like throws the hat on the hat rack, you know what I mean? Shit like that. in the old ones and for my next trick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that's cool. That lends credence to that kind of idea of the old and new kind of playing around. That's one of the themes that's, I mean, it's pretty on the nose. It's not really hiding it in the subtext, but, um, uh, there were a couple funny parts, like t- just to me, to my sensibilities that, and about, uh, revolving around Silva, just kind of like the way he, he kind of operates. And the one that always gets a big laugh from me is, uh, fuck, let me find it. Where is he? When he's like, when he's interrogating him on that Island, that barren ass Island. Mm-hmm. And then what's he, he's like talking about, um, you know, Judy Dent, he's trying to like relate to him. Like Judy Dench fucking sold you out too, right. whether you want to uh, like admit to it or not. And he's like, what'd you get on your marksmanship evaluation? And then bonds like 70. And then he comes in with, what did you score on your marksmanship evaluation? 70, <laughs> 40. Like that part makes me fucking crack up. Just how he's just like, <laughs> 40. And then he just yeah. like lays into him. I'm like, she fucking lied to you, bro. You're not, yeah. You're not ready to face off with me. Uh, yeah. Like little thing, like his character, like, I don't know, man. He, to me, he's my, and I got to say, I haven't seen all the Bond films, but mm. out of the Craig, for sure, he's my favorite villain, like bar yeah. none. Um, we'll get into that more, I'm sure, as we go along here. But even in that same, that same, along that same scene, he has, uh, when they do the shooting competition, you know? Yeah, and like I really like the way he kind of fucks with him when he sets it up. He's like, and just to be sporting, I'll let you go first. And then he yeah. comes up like he's sitting there like fucking lasering in like, all right, Jesus Christ, got to do this. And then he just like sneaks up into his ear and he's like, oh, good luck. Yeah. 
he, he and then when he shoots Severin, and he's just yeah. like, boom, like just drops I her. <laughs> I win. What do you what do you have to say about that? Like, yeah, it's this little way about him is that's what like that's kind of that Joker t- like what I was talking like he just you know what I mean like he just yeah. he totally has that he does it's it's yeah. definitely like toned way down and it's like his yeah, own yeah. subtle mix of it but yeah it's it's he's definitely got a, a kooky little way about him for sure when he had um, that he had that funny little laugh when he was he was like rubbing Bond's legs and he's like oh yeah. first time or whatever he's like. What makes you think it's my first time? And he has this little like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, and then he segues very quickly too. He's like, that didn't work. He's like, oh, all this physical. It's so dull. So dull. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's just his way is so awesome. Like, but yeah, I think that kind of, I think if you, I think if this came out this day and age, that would get more play. But I think back in 2012, when this was released, I think there was a little bit of hubbub like, Ooh, is Bond gay? You know, like, has he fucking sucked a dick for the queen and country? You know, like you never know, but it it wasn't like really focused on. I just took it as, uh, he knew that that would be a clever way of like manipulating him. And it worked. I mean, he got him to take his uh, restraints off immediately after that. You know, I thought it was more of like a psychological ploy than like. Yeah, I think it was for sure. Yeah, totally. But I'm saying like if it came out this day and age, you would probably hear a bunch of people like, oh, fucking MGM coming in with this woke bullshit, like trying to infer like, you know, the gay Bud Light cans and all that shit. It's like, yeah, (laughs) totally. So I remember even talking to you about it, Jim, because I remember when. we we had been discussing it at work and it was uh, i think you had said it was like your grandpa or there was someone that was like weary about it because they heard there was some gay bond shit yeah and i remember yeah. talking to you about it and i was like oh that's weird Cause i don't know if we had seen it or it hadn't come out yet or i think i had just seen it when we were talking about it but there's lit- it's like literally just that one scene that one line you know what i mean yeah, and, it and it's like, totally like it's like a fake out. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm sure Silva probably swings both ways. Just like he's just like one of those. He's like a creature. He doesn't matter. He probably fucks dogs, women, right. dudes, whatever. You know, he's just like a he's a a chimera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Bond was just like you know he just the had fuck out of here. Yeah, like yeah, he just had something yeah, good like, to say to segue out of that. You know, um, or like, to kind of stick like it in a, his eye, like Vince Vaughn and. Wedding Crashers when Todd is like kissing him, he's like, "Yeah, it feels so good." <laughs> just trying to play, <laughs> just trying to play him. Yeah. I don't know if my grandfather would ever admit to that, but I'm I'm sure that rub because he's just so old school, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, what? You're from the '60s. I'm sure in the background he's like, "Nah, I don't, I don't like that." But uh, he he likes Skyfall, okay. He wasn't yeah. like jumping for joy for it, which I was kind of disappointed. I was hoping he would like, because I actually, around this time I showed him Django for the first time and he loved Django. Like we yeah. had a fucking ball watching that together. So I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, he'll fucking dig Skyfall. Yeah. I think he's more of an old school bond sure. kind of dude. I think he liked Casino Royale a lot because he likes gambling. Like he liked cards and like that aspect. Yeah. And it was, it was a different film, but yeah, he, he wasn't super hot on Skyfall. I was kind of bummed about that. Cause he's to me, he's like the resident, like, like bond shaman, like the sage, like loves all of them and everything. But totally. yeah, I think it just boiled down to like, this was a little bit too new school for him. Um, what'd you guys think about the intro of this one? Like, I guess compared to 
I mean, we're going to do it a bunch when you compare it to Casino Royale. It's obviously not parkour, but I think this is a pretty solid intro set piece. What do you guys say? My favorite. It's my favorite out of all, all of them. Nice. It's the, the, the chase down, like the importance that they put on it. The, mm-hmm. I, literally up and through the singing of Skyfall, like that whole aspect of like beginning to the end of that animation. And that that's song. like 18 minutes from like the beginning yeah. to the end of Adele's shit. Like that's a yeah. pretty solid chunk of shit. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I, I watched quantum of solace yesterday. Mm-hmm. So when it started and it's a, another intense, like chasing, I was like, man, I really hope they don't just rely on a lot of this because I felt like mm-hmm. quantum of solace was just a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with not a whole lot of substance behind it so when it first started i was like okay i really hope they don't just lean on these crazy sequences the whole movie uh and then they didn't at all so when it was over i can look back and enjoy that opening scene quite a bit but at the time i was i was a little skeptical like oh, please don't yeah just do this the entire time but yeah don't try to be fast and the fucking furious like <laughs> right solace did at the beginning but yeah i mean if you break it down i think there's only like three maybe you could argue four like big like action sequences in this one which makes sense with mendy's being like coming from kind of like a drama heavy director like i feel like you can get that sense like they're they're punctuated but in between it's not like slow drama. There's still like intrigue and there's cool shit going on, but talking about like big knockdown drag out action sequences, there's like three main ones, yeah. maybe four. Well, and which the, be, the, um, like the prolonged hand to hand combat fighting scenes, those just kind of rub me the wrong way. Cause it's like no chance that two people would be able to endure this much abuse, you know, and right. then they get like thrown through a window, you know, intense scenes on top are, of the train. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, that that's fine in in small doses. So, but no, I, I thought they did a really good job in this one. I like. Go ahead. So what drives me crazy in that intro is why the fuck does he crash that bike Dude. into the fucking side rail to <laughs> land on the train? That, that drives me insane every fucking time I watch it. Every time. It makes no sense. Dog, get off the bike, stand on top of that rail, and just jump on it. But to fucking like, Dude. accelerate into a fucking guardrail to flip over it to fuck. Like, that's. I don't have much bad to say about this movie at all, but that, that aspect, it's like, that's the dumbest shit in the world. Like, just, you're just like, why? Why? I, it just it felt to me at the time like because you see the other dude Patrice he just hops off right and then I was like Bond's like nope I got to do it harder than that like I just it yeah, just felt like, like a machismo like Bond move like yeah, no nah, I'm sure. gonna crash into this fucker going seventy <laughs> yeah dude. and then hop on the train yeah I wrote the note I was like dude are you getting from that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was like, uh, okay, so Bond fucking ejectocito cousins off yeah. the bridge to the train, completely yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. Like, dude, that that fucking end over end bike that's cutting some that's cutting a poor pedestrian in half too, like right off the tracks. But yeah, yeah that was super unnecessary. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know if you remember the last the last uh, podcast we talked about it, but there's a couple of like pretty blatant fucking commercials. In this movie, Land Rover and the fucking tough ass Land Rover truck. That was pretty sweet, though. The VW, like when he's on the and he has the crane 
I and think they're bugs. Yeah. VW Beatles, I think. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> out of here, dude. I that's yeah, one scene I wrote down. I was like, ah, that felt so fucking so ham handed. It's weird because the rest of the movie, anyone that pops up is doesn't feel that like obvious and just a. It's like it's yeah. like she like looks into the camera. Volkswagen VW Beatles. Like, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. Because M's like status report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like. Oh, the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. That was like, nah, get out of here. I, uh, also, uh, the, our, so, I guess, mini boss, sub boss that we first encounter Patrice. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of trivia. Do you know who he is? Ola Rapace. He is the ex-husband of Numi. We was so wrong. Rapace from Prometheus Shaw. Oh, really? Yeah. I tried, dude. I tried so hard to find that fucking soundbite. I couldn't find it anywhere. We were so, so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen Prometheus, Steve? No. None of the words you just said made any sense to me. It's a, it's a <laughs> banger. It's so Prometheus good. Prometheus is dope. Yeah, but that that uh, one's kind of near and dear because we remember we saw we waited. That was like oh yeah, we had talked about that for months leading up to it. Dude, and then release day, we were there to fucking watch it. That was, that's one of my favorite. Uh, movie going experiences was checking that out. That was fucking yeah. rad as fuck. And On like the XD, when, oh, it's just fucking sick, dude. Yeah, I, I mean, there's something to be said for watching shit in the theater, but yeah, that XD shit. Like, there's been two films that like are it's a different experience when you go. One is Prometheus. Two is when I saw, I saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine. In theater in an XD, dude, that was yeah. fucking so rad. Like when, um, when Gosling kind of like three quarters through when he's like all fucked up and he's like having like a hallucination and the fire embers are coming out and that fucking music. I felt yeah. like it, it put me in, like, I felt like I had taken like a hundred gram milligram edible, like, and it just hit all at once at that point. Yeah. Like that was awesome. But yeah, yeah I'll never, I'll never forget too. Like when, uh, Idris Elba, uh, when they fucking uh, self-sacrifice on Prometheus, when they fucking go in, he's all hands up, dude. Yeah. That dude, that was so awesome. Anyway. Yeah. I thought that was a fun aside. That dude used to be married to uh Numi Rapace from girl with the dragon tattoo fame and Prometheus fame. We was so wrong. Uh, and him coming out with that. What is, what is that? Is that like a 50 round drum magazine for like oh, a fucking nine million? It's probably like what was that? Really? Yeah. Dude. I thought that was kind of cool. Right out of the gate, he just pops out of that car. It's like. Yeah. yeah. And Bond has this little pea shooter. All through with like. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think one. My one knock at the beginning of this is him getting on the excavator. I was like, Dude, oh, this yeah. is so dumb. And he get And the fact that he gets shot like in an area where I'm sure there's a lot of shit going on and he doesn't really, it seems not to phase him too much getting shot in like the left shoulder area. And I guess piece, piece of trivia, I guess this is one of two films where he actually gets like maimed where he gets like shot and has to deal with it. Uh, I think the last one was Thunderball. Wow. They really shot him for the movie. That's cool. Yeah. The only time he's been actually hit (laughs) by a bullet. Um, but yeah, like the way he's like operating and like after that, all the way up until he falls off the bridge, I was like, I feel like he'd be in a lot more fucking pain right now. And yeah. like, 
fucked up from it, but I think that's I love one that of my fall off the bridge though, dude. That shit is so sick. That was pretty cool. When he, she's like there, she's like, take the shot. And it's just like all intense. And it's just like, do, 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 do. And it just goes silent. And you hit, even the way he falls, dude, he just, dude, battling, he just, just like, dummies straight just, up. Yeah. And he falls what? 900,000 <laughs> feet. Yeah. Agent down. That shit was just so sick. I was like, Oh, that yeah. fall would have broken every vertebrae in his back, I feel like. And not to mention, like, put drowning and the existing gunshot. Then you yeah. have a second gunshot near right. the heart or belly area. The 900,000 foot drop and probably, like, all your ribs collapsed. Yeah, he's he's going through some shit. Um, yeah, so from that point, I mean, and I mean... It kind of sets a couple things up too, not to belabor this first still 20 minute chunk, but so like at the very beginning, he's trying to find a hard drive and uh, that's, that's what is the impetus for this whole chase scene. Also like the, at the grand bazaar, them on these motorcycles on the rooftop and then going through the bazaar itself. That was fucking super rad, especially yeah. some of those like angles, like how like narrow those rooftops were like, dude, those, some of those stunt guys have got to, ha- I don't know how much was CGI or green screen, but any of the practical shit that, that looked fucking hairy, man. Like For keeping sure. it on that narrow ass track, but um, they implant like the idea of like, doing something for the greater good and sacrifice. And so like, there's another double O agent, uh, Ronson who it looks like he maybe he could get saved if bond stays there and tries to stabilize, help him out. And then, uh, M's in his ear, like, no, fuck it. There's no time. This hard drive, super important fucking cut loose. Fuck him basically. And bonds like, like with gritted teeth, he's like, all right, fuck it. And then he leaves him and, he and that guy ends up dying and then it plays out immediately after that where it's like you know money penny's like i think i might have a shot i'm not sure i might hit bond m's like fucking take the shot she's just like ruthless she's about like the big picture always like the end game like fuck all the small shit which includes you know this person's life or whatever that's a theme that kind of plays throughout this film like with draws silva and bond together and how both of them deal with that. But before we move on, I just wanted to point out like, that's, that's like an important theme throughout this too. Like, you know, being able to like, look at the bigger picture and uh, you know, the, the idea of sacrifice and what's, you know, what's acceptable, what's not. Um, But then from there, so yeah, bonds in rough shape. uh, So he's like, ostensibly dead everyone thinks he's dead and he kind of crawls into a bottle on some caribbean south american island i don't know if they told you where he was but um or if he's still in turkey Turkey. okay because i thought one of the it looked tropical to me where he was but i mean i I think the only thing i'm basing that on is the subtitles i think it said someone was like speaking turkish but oh okay Fair enough. That makes sense. He wouldn't have like jet set from there. He probably, he just crawled off the beach and got nursed to health wherever he was. So that makes sense. Which one of you guys, I think in, in our last episode, one of you guys was going on and on about how much you love the Adele song. I dig it, man. I think I it's pretty like fucking it, rad and I don't like Adele at all. I didn't really You don't like it? it? You didn't care for it? All right. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I would never, I don't think I would ever 
tell somebody like, oh, you've got to hear this Adele song, or I'd really well, like I to wouldn't hear that song either. Again. But I feel like yeah. it ties with like with this film. I feel like it, with the it's visual, fine. with what they did, with like the intro leading up to that, and then that song plus the visual piece that goes with it for sure. I mean, I'm not just hopping in the car and fucking throwing on Skyfall, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It's Dump cool. that with, new Adele shit. I was yeah. I was trying to look up some trivia and just like with these other Bond movies, it's a thousand pieces of trivia that aren't yeah. really interesting to, <laughs> yeah. to most people. It's like this was the seventh movie where the uh, they used the 1968 uh, Aston Martin instead of the six. You know, yeah. yeah. But I saw one that was like when Adele recorded this song, she was pregnant, and I'm like, okay, who gives a shit? But she's saying. Because I was pregnant, I was able to hit like a lower register, and I haven't been able to sing the song again. Like, neat. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that's, that's pretty neat. Dope. Fuck you, man. Yeah. So any Adele concert you go to, dude, you're not catching Skyfall. That's Sorry a fucking... if I spoiled your big trivia reveal for later. No, I didn't. I that's fuck. That's rad. I think that's cool though, because it lends a little bit of like novelty to this film. Like it's like for sure. it's a one and done. You know, it's like a one of one for this. Totally. This you <laughs> fuck. <laughs> like uh, Garth Brooks. Secret <clears throat> like uh, what are you? What are you talking? What is that? The uh, fuck the Secret Life of Chris Gaines. Is that where you're about to get into? What Garth were you saying, Brooks? John? The se- Garth Brooks. No, secret just life. that. That's. The you know Garth Brooks, he always has the secret lyrics to his songs, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, like what the about uh, third that, verse that, to that whatever that he only does under rolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. You know, something same. special for the people when you show up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Um. So yeah, Bond's rough. He's he's. Pilling it up, he's boozing, he's beach bumming, and then uh so tying back to that hard drive that gets lost, this is kind of like the the uh uh the MacGuffin in this movie is uh so the hard drive has it's kind of reminded me of Mission Impossible yep. One, like the knock list of like the IMF agents and all that. I was thinking the same all, thing. Nice. Yeah, so it's like full of all the like embedded NATO spies all across the globe that uh mi6 that the british uh intelligence has been tasked with uh you know housing or keeping safe and they let it get fucking jacked and so now we're off on like okay who stole it we got to figure that out and then they're also in the process of like decrypting it and they're gonna they're gonna start letting loose like you know all these names and all these people Mm -hmm. who uh are embedded that can get killed ostensibly but uh so we start out with <clears throat> M getting like a, a fucking message and then from these people who stole the hard drive and then MI6 gets blown to fuck and it kills like 15 people so she's in hot water like this doesn't look good for you and that's when we get our our replacement M played by Ray Fines comes in is like yeah we're gonna kind of we'd like to ask you to retire kind of thing like like voluntary but not retirement uh, because of this and sh- i mean she's getting he says you've had a good run you know let's yeah let's let's call it here and she's like not till the job is done um so bond sees mi6 blow up and he's like i'm back and yeah. like 
you know, he, he shows up and that's another, like, I guess you could point to a little kind of funny and it ties back to Casino Royale. I thought it was like, you've seen their relationship grow where he breaks in in Casino Royale and she's all fucking like weird. And like, and then it's, it's now a skyfall and all this shit's happened and he's just there and they're talking. But at the end she's like, he's like, all right, I'll go home and change. She's like, Oh, we sold your flat fucking idiot you're dead he's like i'll find a hotel he's like well you're bloody not well staying here yeah that that was a fun little well even the beginning of that conversation she did kind of like what you're talking to because as soon as she sees him she's like where the hell have you been and yeah like like she was expecting it not like pissed that he broke into her flat right Um, right yeah so so bond's back and then he goes through like this battery of tests like for fitness and he's just he's not the same bond. Like I thought that was cool. Like they actually kind of humanized him and showed him. It's like, it's not like this automatic invincible fucking, like he's like shaking when he's trying to like aim for his marksmanship shit. And he's way off. Like Mm -hmm. he looks like dog shit. Even when he's doing like the pull-ups and Tanner's like, Hey, uh, we can do this later. And he's like, yeah, why don't we do that? And he waits till they all leave and he fucking breaks down. Like, Oh fuck. You know, like mm-hmm. he is not in good shape, which I thought that was kind of cool adding that. Like you, you're, you're seeing him vulnerable again. Like he's, he's not like a superhero. Yeah. I thought it was weird too, though, because I, we have zero of these discussions in Casino Royale or Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace to me takes place right after Casino Royale. We already talked about that. This movie doesn't seem like it's too far removed from from that storyline. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just wrong in that aspect. But once they go through this, they really kind of harbor. It's like the focus in this movie to me kind of comes around of like pushing old people out Mm -hmm. Him get the fuck out like Bond, get the fuck out. You're old. And it's like, how did he go from this double O agent? Like he, we, we literally, he gets his double O status in Casino Royale and point. now we're in Skyfall and he's this fucking decrepit old man <laughs> who we got to push out. Like, I mean, that, yeah, if that you look, never really sat right with me. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, a one for one, yeah. Uh, Royale is Oh six and mm-hmm. Skyfall is 2012. So it's six years, but yeah. you know, maybe they have something, maybe, maybe they massage that on the inside where it's been 10 years, you know, or sure, sure. who knows, or who knows how many fucked up missions he's had in between that have just like, you know, those are hard. Those are hard six years. Those are city miles, you know, like, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a funny, it's a funny point I hadn't thought about, but, but yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. I think they, I think yeah, they I also, went, kinda... I think they went out of their way to make him look fucked up. When he comes back, yeah. like his eyes are all bloodshot and he just looks like shit, dude. Yeah. And that just little bit of stubble. Cause you never see bond like with any facial hair. So it's like, right. let's throw a little, you know, five o'clock shadow and make his eyes sh- blood redder than the devil's dick for the yeah. first hour. Yeah. The, the shooting thing was interesting too. Like that's, that's not like upper body strength that goes away that quickly. Like, you know, my, my old man, if you went shooting with him, He's still just like the tightest little spread. It, yeah, it's one of those things that you just don't really un unlearn. But, huh? That's interesting. But later, when they're doing the like musket shooting thing, that's got to be tough. When one of the henchmen has a gun to the back of your head, and you're trying Dude, to yeah, shoot. right. Like, I mean, it, I, I remembered it too. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that must be hard. And at first, he's like maybe five feet away. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, that's not so bad. But then, yeah, like right when he's like, okay, I'm really going to shoot now. He come, he closes that distance and it's like right. It's touching his fucking ear. I'm like, yeah, that's got to be rough, dude. Yeah, trying like, to fucking. Back up, dude. I'm going to shoot. Back yeah. up. Can you at least give me half an inch? Like, <laughs> not touching my skin. Yeah, that's got to be like, fuck. I was going to ask you specifically about that gun, Steve, because it seems like he like. He really has to hit the fucking the uh to like chamber uh, it like like yeah that like when he cocks it mm-hmm. and it's like the way he does it it looks like he's just like it was just the fucking hardest thing in the world I don't know I'm not a gun guy so I really couldn't but it just the- it has the musket loads it and he just and I've never I don't know it just looked weird to me like there was a lot of tension on that fucking yeah yeah I I don't know I didn't really pay that much attention to that part of the scene sure. but I know. I know some of those old guns, like the uh, like the cowboy guns, like the one that Alec Baldwin used when he murdered that woman. They yep. have they have different hammer settings where you can go you can go halfway back. So a single action revolver like that. Not saying that's what this was because it looked a lot older. But you have to pull the trigger for it to pull the hammer back and lock it, and then you pull it again to shoot. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas most modern revolvers, you pull the trigger once and it does both actions. That's why they call it a double action. I think they have mm. some of those old revolvers. You could pull the hammer like halfway back and then all the way back. So yeah, it could have been that where he was like pulling it back that one click, sense. the second pull all the way back. And it just, it reduces the amount of trigger pressure you have to put on it. I, if I had to guess, that would be my guess. Yeah, That's <laughs> fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like the way it kind of humanizes him and like and makes him like, you know, not this indomitable thing. Like he's kind of like he's got to claw his way back up. It's going to be a struggle from here on out. But I mean, there's a point where he turns it on. You know, it's like yeah. it's, it, it is a Bond film at the end of the day. But um, another one of my favorite and it kind of like teases like, oh, there's there's something going on with bond on like a psychological level. So like once they get through like the battery of tests, they, they finish him off with like a psychological evaluation with this fucking uh, head shrinker and he, yeah. and they go through the word association. And I loved this in the trailer. Like when they started out with it, this is like one of the parts of the trailer. I was like, Ooh, I was like, what the fuck skyfall? Yeah. Like, I was like, this is going to be fucking dope. Like murder employment country, England, Skyfall. Skyfall. Done. That brings me back. It'd be like goosebumps. I was like, ooh. Like the little. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, it's so sick. It's so sick. Yeah. So I I like how they. So this is like getting back to that, like hard, soft reboot, whatever you want to call it, like getting back Mm -hmm. to his like origin story, even though this isn't an origin story, it's, it's hinting at that. And obviously like later on, it's the name of the fucking movie, you know, so we're going to get there, but that's the, I I like the, the final set piece, like where they show you, okay, this is where he grew up and he was an orphan raised pretty much basically by this, this old fucking Scottish Highlander dude named, Kincaid but yeah I like that kind of it kind of teases like oh what's going on there and then it's like okay we find the dude Patrice who you're fucking chasing and this is one of my 
I really love this fucking scene in the whole Shanghai and Macau set piece. Mm-hmm. Like that part. Yep. This yeah. part's fucking super dope. I really like the music too. Like uh, when they show him like dressed up at the Shanghai, Shanghai airport and he's got the fucking like the driver hat and the glasses, that whole like kind of like synthy, like electronica shit. And he's following him. Yep. But one thing I was thinking, I was like, dude, like just from a logistical standpoint, I was like, that's gotta be so fucking hard to track i mean they called this dude patrice a ghost you know like they only know his first name no known country of origin he's like you know like an uber spy just like bond and like trying to track someone from an international airport like shanghai to where he's going to his next job and following this guy maintaining distance like all that i was like dude that must be so fucking hard in a city that huge because they really like the cinematography in this is pretty rad too. Like, um, like showing Shanghai specifically was like kind of overwhelming in some spots. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was like, dude, that must be so hard. Like if you were like analyzing this from like a realistic point of view, like how you would track a person who's a quote unquote ghost to his next job in this, the, one of the biggest international fucking cities in the world. Like that's wild. Uh, Oh, quick aside too. We talked about it. I can't remember what film, uh, Roger Deakins was this, uh, uh, director of, uh, photography, the cinematographer on this film. He did blade runner 2049. We rattled off a ton of shit. He did Shawshank. He was the guy at Sam Mendes brought him on specifically. So that's why this film, I think especially looks like, especially pretty, like really fucking like one of the most like awesome to look at bond films. Uh, he's the guy in this one. Um, so yeah, with, then it takes us to this fucking, I don't know, 185 story high rise in Shanghai. Yeah. And what do you guys think about the, uh, fucking jump onto the fucking, never seen that. Like gets like hammered that pretty hard. hard. No, it's like it had to be perfectly designed this way. So someone could do that, could jump on and then come out like another side and hop out and trail someone. It was like tailor made for that. Yeah. When you get up, when you get up to the 60, whatever floor, then what? (laughs) Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, I always forget. I was like, how does he negotiate this part once you get there and it's like oh it just so happens to be like this open air fucking super modern design elevator oh okay perfect that would convenient out. ledge right there obviously yeah. i thought i thought it was like a built like something being i thought it wasn't done yet oh really That's, i thought it was like under construction or something oh but i, I just i just didn't. being oblivious possibly I took it as just like some like super modern, modern shit. fucking artsy like, fartsy yeah, yeah. like but yeah, dude, he hangs on for, this is another problem I have with some movies. Like if you're going for like true realism. Yeah. I don't know if any of you, I don't know if this is a good, uh, analogy, but have you guys ever gone on like an inner tube, like on the back of a boat Oh yeah, or something like that, where you're being pulled and there's like that level of resistance. Have you ever fallen off a tube and had just one arm dangling and tried to like, hold on? like getting bucked off of like a inner tube and a, and a boat's pulling you. I'm familiar. I never had it like specifically, but for sure, you know what? I, Cause I think just instinctively you just let go. But yeah. like, I, I know what action you're referring to. Like that feeling of like, yeah, 
Yeah. That like that tension. I remember mm-hmm. one time specifically, like I got bucked off a hundred times, like going on my uncle's boat. I remember one time I got bucked off and like, I tried to like hold on with one arm and it fucking like pulled my arm out of the socket and like yeah. rope burned my fucking hand. Like if <laughs> I felt like if someone would have like forced my hand, like to just stay, it would have just ripped my fucking arm off. Like, I feel yeah. like that would happen in this scenario like how fast the thing was going and you're going up like 70 stories like i feel like there's no way he's able to hold on like i don't know this is a bond film so i don't want to like harp on it too much but it's like dude that's so insane i don't know if if either one of you have seen this john you might have seen this in vegas I, i feel like that's where i've seen it the most these like street not vendors or performers but they have like a pull up bar and the challenge is you pay 10 bucks or 20 bucks. And if you can hang on to this bar for a hundred seconds, they'll give you a hundred bucks and no one can do it. I think it's, yeah. I think it's because the bar spins. And so it's hard to like oh, get shit. a really good grip on it. And you're not, you're not allowed to pull up or I don't think you could even do like an alternating grip like that. You just got to stay stuck on it. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a carnival scam where yeah, like yeah. yeah if you can hang from this for 100 seconds because it's such a long time mm-hmm, that right. most people don't realize but dude i bet 15 seconds in you're just gassed dead <laughs> yeah. yeah well and it's <laughs> it's funny because it seems to attract like really strong people but mm-hmm. but the really strong people are also really dense and so it's hard you know you would think like a really yeah. spindly guy would probably be the best who can just hang there like no problem right yeah, but yeah, I've seen I've seen a ton of just like jacked bros try it, and they're just like shaking almost immediately. It's it's tough, but unrealized idea, unrealized. All right, so besides besides my gripe with that, like that's just that's fucking so hardcore. But I like I really like this scene, especially this gun, this square ass fucking rifle. That's like mm-hmm. this modular thing in a suitcase. I thought it just looked super rad. It's like one of my favorite. It reminds me there's a German sniper rifle called a, a WA 2000 or WA 2000. If you've never seen that one, check it out. It was on like uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, I think back in like the 2010s. It was one of those sniper rifles. It's just really weird fucking square modular kind of probably German design. Um yeah. I really like that fucking gun and the, the way, like when he kills, when he snipes that person across the way, the blood mist, did you notice that when it comes, yeah. when it, when he pops that dude right in the head and then it's, it's this big room just full of, it's like all glass building basically mm-hmm. with like a metal skeleton and it's at night and there's neon and shit. So bonds able to kind of like move through the shadows, but then there's the moment when, Patrice, like, you know, he's got all his shit set up. He fucking, he kills his target and then he gets a flash of bond. I really like this, this tight quarters hand to hand kind of scene yeah. because it doesn't overstay its welcome. And it's pretty, pretty badass actually. Like when it's you super badass, when I watched it, I had to rewind it like two or three times. Just all the things that they're doing. And like, like it almost looks like bond. Like they, they gave him a little, uh, like that French style savat. Have you ever seen that? It's like, it's a lot of kicks and like downward strikes and shin shit. It looks like he's doing some of that. Like, and like, he's like bouncing the gun and like hitting him in the shin. And like, I, I loved this hand to hand scene because it didn't look like it was trying to mimic like the fast cam, like, uh, 
Bourne shit. Like they played with like the shadows, the flat, the, yeah, dude, the high rise and all that. Yeah. yeah, I I I liked this a lot. And then it it did kind of ham it up for me when he's like, "Who are you working for?" It's like no one ever admit. But then I was thinking, I was like, "Well, he's got to at least try. He's got to say something, right. you know." So I guess I can write it off that way. But yeah, when I was watching this time, I was like, "Fuck, dude! That why do they always? They're never gonna say anything. They're not gonna fucking tell you." Yeah. And then yeah, he's just ah, fucking hundred stories <laughs> that, down. Uh... Austin Powers shit. Who yeah. is number two <laughs> working for? <laughs> and the, you remember money. Will Ferrell can't stand to be asked the same question three times. So he's like <laughs> yeah. that whole bit. And he's yeah. like, where is this secret layer? And he's like, I'll never tell you. Where is it? I'll take it to the grave. Where is it? He's like, damn it. Three times. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> yeah, I forgot about uh, that. That's so awesome. Mufasa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- then we get like this coin that takes us to our next, it's our next clue. He finds it's Macau, which I thought this, this part was pretty fucking rad too. Uh, I like how it just kind of jumps. There's not really a, a lot of lull. Uh, Money Penny drops in to give him a fucking straight razor, razor shave and has to drop an ob- obligatory, you know, old dog, new tricks kind of with the old and the new. And then, um, so Bond tries to, you know, turn in this chip. He's clearly not the dude that was contracted for this fucking hit. So the fuzz is onto him. He happens to link up with this gal named Severine, who is fucking dime. She's one of my favorite, like, I guess, side Bond. She's not a fully full on Bond girl, but dude, I looked her up. Actually, she's a pretty crazy mix. She's like French and like. Taiwanese or she's she's got she's got an exotic mix to her but she fine yeah Um, yeah. very very pretty but it's also I'm kind of torn it's like fucked up at the same time because he finds out like he was she was basically child trafficked at a young age and gets scooped up by Silva and like when when they start hinting at you know like you know who's she working for and like you know who's got her under wraps and bond saying i can help you and she like visibly like she starts shaking like when she's smoking her cigarette and all that and he's like i can save you and uh and then he just goes and fucks her like on her boat you know it it felt kind of yeah give me a little funky feeling but before that the komodo dragon eating that fucking dude was pretty rad i mean we can't just brush over that and that's obviously too when the fucking when the cue when the gun comes into play, you had to have that come into play. Like it's custom oh, yeah. modded to your your handprint only. And that we home didn't talk about that at all, huh? Oh yeah, we did. Dude, we got to talk about Q real quick. So yeah, the Q Q the quartermaster and all the other films. I'm sure you've seen like in in Goldeneye. Even he's pretty. He's kind of hokey. Like yeah. the the main source of comedic relief. And so that's another out with the old and with the new. I don't even think there was a cue in Royale or Quantum of Solace. They didn't even touch no. on that at all. No. Um, and they, I like how they kind of wink at the audience too. Like, like he's like, oh, it's not exactly Christmas, is it? He's right, like, yeah. What were you expecting? An exploding pen? You know, we don't really go in for that anymore. So I thought that was kind of a cheeky wink to the, uh, the audience yeah, which is, and which is funny because this is supposed to be prior to everything but 
they're treating it as if it's after. Yeah. It's just everything. it's just for us kind of thing, you know. Like it, it's a wink at the audience. Like we know you've seen all the other Bonds, even though yeah. this isn't canon. Like this isn't connected to all those other ones. It still gives yeah. you a wink kind of at that. Like maybe it's in this universe. That's how it was in the old days. They'd have a fucking exploding pen or a, a watch with a fucking laser beam on it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I like their little interaction. Like, obviously, this dude's like super young, and like they're back and forth, and like the that whole bloody so big good. ship. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I like that a lot. And yeah, you can see there's like, kind of like a loose understanding at the end when he's like Q, you know, and he's like, and he gives him the gun, and like he's like, all right, their their relationship grows as as the uh, the series uh, progresses. Um, but yeah, I, I like this guy. His name's Ben Wishaw. He's yeah. uh, also known as the voice of Paddington Bear. Fans? No? Okay. Paddington's <laughs> rad as fuck. I'm a pad lad for sure. Um, I'll say my excuses. I have kids, but they don't even like it. I like it more than them. I'm like, let's watch Paddington. And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you, kid. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so fuck we're an hour in we haven't talked about silva too much so this is the road to silva so so bond's like okay yeah i'm gonna help you out severine lady and he fucking he works his way through macau he gets he gets on the boat and then we're in some undisclosed island where where we get uh silva played by masterfully by javier bardem who kind of breaks it down like i really like the the two rats Mm mm-hmm uh anecdote uh about that silva gives about like you know his grandmother and like they had an island and i'm not gonna go through that whole story but i mean the the inference is like okay m is the grandmother in the story and she's she's formed you know silva and bond over years and years of you know like getting the cream to rise to the to the top and these are the two like alphas out of this crew of like spies like these are the top guys and uh they're trained to eat rats and not coconuts basically so silva is trying to like i i don't think he has any illusions about winning him over but he's trying to win bond over like showing like hey she's a fucking liar she told you this and that like you're not fit like you know um what is this if not betrayal mommy was very bad um he and that's another thing like that like m is a stand-in as the mom for both of these characters you can kind of both see that you know they look up to her there's like a cert i guess you could say yeah like this is kind of like a mom a surrogate mom to them in some ways um and then dealing with the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, you're an expendable agent and she's always going to be looking out for the crown or like the, you know, the big picture and Silva, the difference he went, Bond went one way and Silva went the other because he couldn't reconcile being betrayed like that, you know? Um, well, and he was already doing foul shit, right? Because that's the whole reason she gave him up. Like he was right. already. That's one thing he fails to mention too. Like he was, he was starting to go a little roguish, you know, so it kind of yeah. made her decision easier. Right. So what do you guys think of, of Silva as I think we're, we've already talked about it, but as far as Bond film villains or villains in general go pretty happy with, with this guy as a, as a counterpoint to Bond. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
I don't know if it's just me, but I also like him. You know, he's kind of one of those anti-hero guys where, yeah, you know, he's the villain, obviously, but you are you also kind of see where he's coming from. So, yeah, totally. I I think they really nail it on the head when obviously when they when they not even when he pulls his fucking mouthpiece out, but like when he's talking, when he finally gets his audience with um, with M like Mm -hmm. face to face, like and breaks it down like I, I felt you know, sympathy for, for his character. And he did, he did man up at that point, you know, like, like he talks about, um, uh, you know, they kept me in a fucking room with no air for five months and, you know, they, they tortured me and I suffered and suffered and I kept your secrets. I protected you, you know, like you specifically. And then like him, them, him talking about breaking his molar, like, Yep. Kind of like the old spy thing you hear about, like they have like a fail safe or like an astronaut or something. Like if something fucking just shit hits the fan, I always wonder how do you crack that fucking tooth though? Like yeah, I don't that, know. That, that it always gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like thinking about like like teeth shit fucks me up. But yeah, God, that's got to be so hardcore to like. Okay, how do I break this tooth? And then I fucking Dude. snap well, I the cyanide a, capsule. I think it's a fake tooth. Oh, okay, so, so just like a certain amount of pressure, and that's gonna pop. Yeah. Like well, that's the other PSI thing, though. Or... I mean, you wouldn't want that shit popping when you're fucking eating. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that, too. It's like, dude, you chewing into a steak, man. You got to be yeah, careful. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Guess I'm going to die. That's my cyanide capsule. I'll see you guys. Yeah, um, yeah no hard candy, no taffy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I mean, that really humanizes him. And, like, when he says, too, like, you know, like, when he pulls that fucking mouthpiece out. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a little bit of wonky CGI, but it, it is horrific. Yeah. You know, like I bought it like, you know, you can see like what that and he's like, it burns your insides. And if he's he says life clung to me like a disease, you know, and all, all this kind of stuff. Um, I think I have the fucking soundboard. Do I? Yeah, that uh, there's a couple uh, uh, you touched on the CGI with the with his face. And then the Komodo dragons too. There's a couple of like really heavy CGI where it kind of, I don't know, takes me out a little bit, but yeah, I, I thought from a pure spectacle standpoint though, that was pretty cool. Just seeing a fucking big ass land dragon drag this right. fucking dude into a cave. Like that's cool. Uh, and I like the reactions to it. Right. When he's down there and he sees, and he's like, Oh fuck. And yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's a, dragon you have in this <laughs> yeah. pit here um uh yeah i don't have that fucking uh, what, what does he say it's like look look upon your your work mother yeah you know like yeah. i i did like that and i i i did i do have a soft spot for silva because it, it makes sense but I mean, he also, you know, how many people did you kill in that bombing? And, you know, I'm sure he's not an angel too, at the end of the day, but, um, so that's, that's his bone to pick with, with M and, and revolves around the whole, like stealing the list and, you know, decrypting it. And like, he starts, uh, releasing like, you know, five agents on YouTube of all places. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every every week or something until the weekly upload dude. yeah um so uh another thing in this no felix lighter i didn't i was hoping that he would 
at all. Oh, yeah. I, I was wishing he would have been in this because I like him a lot. I like that actor yeah. specifically, but that's a that's another minor gripe I would have to say. But I mean, it is running already two hours and twenty five minutes. So, um, yeah. So we talked about Shanghai. So we get in, and then that's the funny part too about Silva is like I knew something was off when it's like, oh, it's called a radio, you know, newest thing from Q Branch. Like, like yeah. Bond gets out of this way too easy, you know. Yeah. Like he's got the yeah, cavalry yeah. comes in, and another kind of funny part that I really liked was uh, when Silva is like doing his Zen meditation bullshit in his glass cage and the one of the guards is like he's like stretching and shit and the guards like what do you do you think you're going somewhere and then he just like smiles and zips yeah yeah. (laughs) and he's got that smile just like and even when when m leaves and he puts his fucking mouthpiece back in he's like "Hmm." and loses it he just starts laughing that maniacal that weird fucking jaw and like yeah i yeah. I really like this guy as like a as like a not just a villain but just a character in general. Um sure. but you come to find out it's like dude, he had the master plan the whole t- it's like he he wanted to get picked up, you just played right into it and then, you know, like maybe that's an example of young versus old, like the the young like Q like thinking like, "Oh, I fucking I wrote this program and like this yeah, and that." Yeah. And he lets the fucking he lets the devil come right in. It fucking, fucking hardwires right in. Yep. And then it's like, oh shit, like he hacked us. And there's yeah. other shit going on in the background. And then we get in into this pretty wild, like uh tube station kind of montage sequence, which was Yeah. I was thinking, what do you guys think in terms of like realism? Where would you stack this against Casino Royale? Like which one feels more uh realistic or uh, plausible to you out of these two films? I would say Casino Royale for sure. This one definitely had like it's and realism as far as in like what, like the way it's shot or like the way, like the effects. Are you talking about like, like just if like, we're, if no, we're just in real a, life, if a guy planned yeah, this wouldn't fucking happen. Like in real life, yeah, like if this were to go down, what's the most like, cause even Casino Royale has its points, but out of these yeah. two, which one is more plausible? Because for me, this train, this whole sequence, this is where Skyfall kind of jumps the shark for me in terms sure. of like realism. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Because he times it. I mean, for the fact that he would time it perfect, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's fucking shooting him like he. Yeah, because he didn't plan on being caught. But then, you know, he's like, oh, it's a backup plan just in case I'm just about to get up and he shows up and misses me three times. I can yeah. blow a hole in the ceiling and the train will be here like. He's like, is that for me? He's like, no, that is like, yeah, yeah, you got everything all perfect. I think this is an interesting thing about this film though, is like, I'm, I'm more easily able to be like, oh, that's cool. He's just a fucking crazy mastermind. Let's I'm along for the ride at this point, but I was just curious. Like I I figured that would be the case. Like, cause I mean, you don't have any super crazy sequences like this in Royale most of this at this point in the film you're at a card table you know so this one definitely takes a jump in terms of you know uh like the set pieces and like the the things that the mastermind is has cooked up um which maybe is a callback to maybe some older films like how how wild his fucking just to get that close to M to be able to fucking look her in the eye 
he has mm-hmm. to go through all this, you know? So yeah. that, that if, if you're judging it on a realism side, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy to be like, yeah, I can poke probably 30 holes in that kind of plot. For right me, there. at the end of the day, it's a, it's a fucking movie that we're watching for entertainment anyways. Right. right? So it's, I, 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 yeah, I definitely don't like, it's pretty, it, I mean, it's pretty rare for me to watch something and just be like, Oh, yep. That's fucking unrealistic. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in it. Um, right. Like, yeah. I think you kind of have that conversation with yourself. Anytime you're sitting down to watch something, like, right. I'm about to fucking watch something for entertainment. If shit was made real, it'd be boring as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, right. I thought the most interesting thing about that for me was that how serious, cause I feel like Skyfall has a pretty serious tone. Yeah. Yet it has that megalomaniacal kind of villain plot, and he's got this super intricate plan. Yet it does, it feels ve- like a very serious kind of thing. So I feel like they yeah. were able to juggle those two totally. worlds pretty well. Cause I mean, like I said, like, and you too, like, I was able to just brush that off and just, you know, we're along for the ride on yeah. this stuff, even though that's pretty, pretty fucking far fetched to have all that shit dialed i've seen a lot of british people be like oh if you want to rely on the tube for anything like you're fucked immediately like right off the bat so like <laughs> um dude that whole interaction between him and q during that chase is some of my favorite parts of the movie though like that shit yeah is so good when he's like he's guiding him through the, him. the old shit yeah, yeah and he's like well open the door and he's like it's locked he's like put your fucking back into it see and he fucking get, he gets in you know and he's like oh, see i told you dude and like, it, like just they're bickering he's just like yeah. why don't you bloody come down here and open it yeah and, and q then, is like 124 pounds soaking wet you know like right right saying put your back into it yeah 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 <laughs> I, re- I really like that they just they play off each other really well i think yeah they had the man up um they had that funny interaction earlier too where he's like you can't be shooting people in your pajamas yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I I hazard a guess I could do more damage in ten minutes of my first Earl Grey than you could do in a year in the field. Yeah, yeah. I I like their relationship as it carries on through the rest of the series. It's it's pretty cool to see that that kind of growth. But yeah, like when he's like he's like what because I'm not old enough. He's like because you still have spots. spots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I guess is the British like for zits and pimples and shit. So. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, uh, so, okay, so the next action scene is sick. Yeah, so then we're on to we're on the third act basically. So we're what, what do you know what this Aston Martin is from? This is another callback to like old, old, and new. I think this is from 1968. I can't remember the film though. I I breezed through trivia, but it's, yeah, it's a callback to an older sure, film. But- yeah, it's definitely one that you recognize immediately. Like, even if you're not really like in into Bond, like you see it, it's associated with him, and it just kind of like I, that. That scene is really sick. That car reveal mm-hmm. because they pull in right, and then like it starts playing the uh, as soon as it flashes in, it's like the OG Bond jingle plays. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of really cool things that they did, and then like the, uh, the yeah, dude. <laughs> I so love that Bond chord. That's fucking. Yeah. 
And then he has the uh, the fucking ejecta, the seat eject button in it. You know yep. what I mean? Like it, there's machine just a lot guns of behind cool. the fucking the yeah. the lights. Headlights. Yeah, yep. yeah. As soon as I saw uh, this, I was like, yes. Yeah, that's kind of a a, a, a funky like. We're road tripping with with old M here in this souped up rat ass fucking Aston Martin, and then he's like, okay, the only place he knows to go to like hide is to go old school, go like analog, go off the grid, go to, you know, so he's going to Skyfall, like this, this place where I don't know if it was an institution or like an orphanage or just an estate that was bequeathed from his dead parents. And then, so he's raised by the, uh, what's he called? Like the hunting, the game. Yeah. He was like the game warden. Yeah. I think they called him like gameskeeper. Or something yeah, like, that's not like right. instead of groundskeeper or something like that. Yeah. So that was his like surrogate, basically. He grew up with this this dude played by Albert Finney, Kincaid. Uh just a sweet old man. Like when he sees M there, he calls her Emma. Yeah. He's like, Oh, it's lovely to see you. Like, you know, and like and then he lays out, he's like, Yeah, this is what we got. We got like a shotgun, a couple sticks of dynamite. So they have to go like totally like analog at this point against a well, a better armed, you know, villain like opposition that's coming in with like a fucking chopper. But I mean, they do put that Aston Martin to good use with the fucking, yeah. the, those machine guns. That was pretty rad. Um, I thought w- one of the scenes that's super cool is after Skyfall goes up like in flames and it's burning. One of the, the scenes of CGI that they use that I never would have guessed, I guess. So when Silva is like walking away from Skyfall, mm-hmm. the structure yeah. itself and it's all on fire. looks crazy. It looks, looked real to me. The way they shot that was they like stacked up a shit ton of like monitors or like these big, like, uh, like projector screens and had them projecting like fire or just like yellow, like different, different pixels of like yellow and orange stacked up super high, like a hundred feet high in the same general shape as the building. And then they went in and post and digitally made all that shit. And I was like, dude, that's like one of the examples of like when CGI is done right, when you can't even tell that was a computer shot. Like I thought that was pretty cool the way they did that. Like, like yeah. set it up with all these screens and then like, cause yeah. I, and it's just his silhouette. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't, you can't really see any feature. It's just like that dark feet, that dark figure against the backdrop of it. And yeah, that's the, that, that whole shot is super sick. Yeah. Super rad. And I was like, I thought that was fucking practical. Like they burned did, yeah. an actual, like destroyed an actual fucking mansion out in the middle of nowhere. But um, yeah, that's a good example of when that shit's done right. You know, when you, when you can't tell, um, that they did that, but so yeah, this, this scene that, or this last kind of third act is pretty punctuated, um, with action and it, it brings, you know, the final showdown between, uh, Silva and his goons. Uh, I like what they did. what they do with like the shotgun shells? They put them like underneath the floorboards and like, yeah, it's like, tripped home, them to, like it's like home alone for adults. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because at the first he's just like, do you guys still have the gun room? And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. we just sold everything off last week. And it shows all these bare like yeah. gun racks and shit. And he's got a shotgun. And it's like, fuck. That and dad's old hunting rifle. Yep. I like when he's shooting practice. He's like, what did you say, dude, he did for a living again? Yeah, yeah. Because he tells him, he's like, remember, don't let it pull you to the left. Yeah. And he fucking, he looks at him. He's just like, 
I'll try. <laughs> yeah, he just pops it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, uh, I, I like that. What do they call that little church? Like uh, that Priest secret hole. tunnel? Priest hole. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. They had this little fucking thing that went into like a a church that was, I don't know, a hundred yards off or something that goes underground. And uh, I guess we don't have to spin our wheels. Talk like bond has, he goes underwater and there's like, he fights his way out and he finally makes his way to Silva. And like, I, th- I thought it was a, a, a cool moment between Silva and M in that point. Like, cause he's like broken. And he's like, he's like, you know, here, just kill us both. You know, like put, yeah. put the bullet, like, cause you can tell like, as much as he wants to keep running around being villain or whatever, that's not his ultimate goal. It was to come face to face with who made him that way. Because when he's talking about the cyanide, it burned the insides out and shit. So he's probably just like suffering like all the time, you know, and he has to live with, you know, his head full of shit that he's had to deal with. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. Like where he, he broke down was like, just, you know, like put us both. Yeah. Cause he couldn't even kill her. He yeah, couldn't, he couldn't do it. He was he gave it to her. He was like, "You do it. You you take care of both of us." Like he couldn't fucking finish it. Well, yeah, I for as was... big and bad as he was trying to like be about it, you know, and like his ultimate goal is just to fucking kill this bitch. It's like at the end of the day, he he couldn't he, he couldn't do it himself. You know, that, that is a super poignant. Well, when he first uh, when he first came movie. in and saw that she had been shot, and he just and got all like, soft, oh, yeah, Martha. like who 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 hurt you? Yeah, yeah, like oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like this guy. He's got layers, you know, like it's not just like some ham handed, like, you know, yeah. just revenge like villain guy. walks in. Yeah. I love that scene when he fires at Kincaid, he like the walks dog. out, he thinks it's just her. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, fucking stop. <laughs> you just stand right the fuck there and shut the fuck up. And he's just like, <laughs> They should have. Uh, they should have never that. been walking with flashlights, though. To be fair, because that just uh, yeah, for yeah. sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In this barren wasteland, yeah. Let's right. go jingle jangling these fucking like. Come on, yeah. might as well had a like a cowbell and ringing it as hard <laughs> as you could wherever you were going. But um, yeah, it was kind of sad to see M go. But I thought it was it was a nice it, it was a it was a nice bow. I guess the best kind of bow you could put on it. Um, yeah. Like her, her going out uh, and introducing, making way for the new M. But uh, cool, yeah, because that was her seventh, right? I think she did was seven. her was her first one. Uh, Goldeneye. I remember yeah. her in Goldeneye for sure. I didn't know if she was in anything before that. I don't think so. Yeah, Goldeneye. She went Goldeneye to uh, Skyfall. Nice. Yeah. What was before? What was right before Goldeneye? Was that? Uh, not living daylights, but uh, license to kill 88. Yeah. Yep. So that, that was a pretty big gap. That was like seven or eight years between, uh, because they were fucking pumping them out in the beginning. You yeah. know what I mean? It was like, like I was telling you, like how they have it, like he'll be back in fucking Moonraker. What, like it was like <laughs> they were pumping them out yearly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that marked another, I mean, maybe it was the time duration in between or i mean i'm sure there's a lot of factors but yeah it, you can t- you can tell like a really stark difference between um license to kill from 88 with timothy timothy dalton in 95 to 
Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Like it, you can, it's a shift in like the the whole vibe, the feel, the way it looks. As the same as going from you know the last whatever the fuck it was, Die Another Day or The World Is Not Enough to yeah. Casino Royale. It's that same kind of like jump. So that's what I'm interested to see. Like, what's the next? jump or like what's the next bond like new bond gonna look like um which i'm curious about i was just reading this thing like about um about how like culture is like we're like stuck in like a plateau or something i i don't want to harp on this too much (laughs) but it's it it made me kind of think like like what's that next jump gonna look like because we're like so technologically advanced right now it's like will there be like something else that it's, it seems like everything's already been done and like the cap the technical capabilities like that we have at our fingertips. It's kind of like hit this point to where you almost like, like CGI people and shit. You've, we've almost crossed like that, uh, uncanny Valley. I think they call it where you can tell like a robot or you can tell something that's artificial and something that's real. Like we're getting closer and closer to not being able to tell. Like the Mm -hmm. difference, like, I don't know. It just, it seems like, I I don't know what would come after this that would, that would equal another jump from like eighties to nineties, but maybe that's just because we're in it right now. Yeah. Seriously. Back in my day, we had real bonds. Yeah. Not these AI fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Not these chat GPT motherfuckers. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you might, you might see. Uh, revert back to strictly analog like because if if you imagine kids now who think like oh my parents are on social media so that's that's an old person thing so that's stupid yeah i mean everything kind of works in cycles so sure or not or we're all just gonna die who knows 20 years we'll be in loincloths yeah um all right just look at you, barely held together by your pills and your drink. drink. I do something have... about the affectation of his voice too is just fucking. He's so good. I, don't know. I do have two cunty reviews that I'd like to share. If yes. you guys are okay with that. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first one uh, is a guy named Avi Offer from NYC Movie Guru. I already hate him. <laughs> Why? Because you're an anti-Semite. Um, no, because he's from Movie Guru. Yeah. So he says, a bloated, <laughs> tedious, uninspired, sluggish, and vapid bore that can only be enjoyed by very shallow, unctuous Philistines. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Dude, Chris would have a field day with that one, I feel oh like. Oh my god. So Un- many unctuous Philistines. <laughs> Yep. Unctuous Philistines really That's so arrogant. <laughs> That's screw off. Screw off. Yeah. That really gets my fucking goat. Unctuous. And it's just wrong. It's just not right. It's just all the way <laughs> wrong. It's, it's just fucking dumb. Like, Bloated, tedious, uninspired, sluggish, vapid bore that can only be wrong. enjoyed by very shallow, unctuous Philistines. Damn. Dude. That's a good one, Steve. Well, yeah, that's... that might be the best country review you've read. I have one more that I saved. It, it, I don't think it's as good, but I hope Jim has a, hear it. a fun drop. This is from Monica Castillo from 
bitch media. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Did somebody order a bitch? No. Yeah. Bitch media. Oh, yeah. Virus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> B- bitch media. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't, man. <sighs> That's awesome. The review isn't as funny as her credentials, but it just says, uh, Britain is quite diverse right now. Feel free to reflect that anytime, Mr. Bond, says <laughs> says Monica Castillo from Bitch Media. Oh, you're a coward, back real quick. son of a bitch! <sighs> <sighs> bitch what did you say, <laughs> What did she say? Read it one more time. She what says, Britain is quite diverse right now. Feel free to uh-huh. reflect that anytime, Mr. Bond. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Yes, I got you. I don't know, man. Confusing. <laughs> oh fuck! I mean, that was a good laugh. Mo- Money Penny is pretty prominent in this film. Yeah, She's black. For sure. Uh, Silva, Javier Bardem. He's I don't fuck. He's Spanish or yeah. I would argue even the first guy too. The first guy he tra- chases oh, yeah. on pa- the fucking train. Patrice. He's like uh, Swedish or. Because he was married to Numi Rapace. I think they're both like Swedish or Norwegian or something. Um, what the fuck? Uh, Severine is like French and like Polynesian. Like she's a crazy exotic mix. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's horseshit. <laughs> Dude, bitch media. That's so fucking yeah, funny. Dude, awesome. That was good. Yeah, I just <laughs> cried a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, but that first review, there's like five words that, yeah, like vapid, shallow. It's like, Bloated, you don't know what tedious, these words uninspired, mean. Uninspired, sluggish, vapid bore that can only be enjoyed by very shallow, unctuous Philistine. <laughs> unctuous Philistine, yeah. Dude, that one is amazing. Yeah. The only way that is more perfect is if that came from bitch media. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her her review fell short of her credentials. That's definitely for sure. I should have saved that one. Fuck. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, so from Bitch Media, you fucking Philistines. (laughs) (laughs) Throw her in the fucking ringer. In the criminal justice system. Um, (laughs) This is pod racing. Cool. All right. Well, that's been Skyfall. Um, Glad you liked that one, Steve. That kind of pumped my batting average back up because i i think i hit a a trough there with uh basic you didn't like basic instinct so that knocked me down a peg so let's see what i'm d- back at i think that fucking puts me at like an 84 percent approval rate let's see whoa excuse me did i listen to that episode i, don't, I thought you liked it steve did you like basic instinct i think it was a no on on balance no. No, I didn't like that. I did not, but it was so long ago. <laughs> I barely even remember it. <laughs> um, Move, children. Dominoes. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, that puts me. I was at an 86 before Basic Instinct. Motherfucker. That dropped me down. But now we're back at an 84. 
0.2%. Solid B. Yeah. So, all right. I uh, got a quick trivia for you real quick. Oh, yeah. Anything you got, lay it on me. Uh, so that subway, we talked about the subway shot. So most, uh, what I was reading with that guy, Roger Deakins and Sam Mendez, they talked about it a lot and they wanted to shoot almost all of the movie on one camera. And, uh, and so it's, it's kind of crazy, but for the subway scene, they set it up over, uh, 11 cameras set up for that. And that wasn't a miniature. That wasn't, that was like a set piece that was built out that they literally had like hanging from the ceiling. And then it was to come in and crash through, do everything it was supposed to drop through that pipe. Yeah. And it ripped the fucking ceiling out. I guess it almost destroyed the set because it was built out of fucking plywood. So they were like, like it literally like can't, they had to go in post and manipulate it because, uh, this shit was all supposed to be brick. So it shouldn't have been like moving like this. Right. Right. But yeah, ripped the ceiling. I guess it was like the most intense cleanup that they've had to do for a set. Uh, Dude. Because it it hits the fucking back wall of the set, and I guess they were like, "Oh God, please don't!" In the moment, they were just they thought it was gonna fucking destroy the whole set. Damn, uh, huh? But then one of the cameras had blocked out part of Daniel Craig's legs, like so they had to go in and digitally add him and take out the camera because it was just such an intense shot. They had to get that all set up. And I, I thought that because I thought for sure when I first watched it, I thought it was a miniature. I was oh like, yeah, I was like, for yeah. sure. That that seems so ridiculous to to try to frame that up like at scale. Like yeah, fuck that. So I thought that was pretty pretty impressive because that's one of the bigger. I, to, there's one of the bigger action stunts in the movie. Yeah, and a for it to be full scale train. Yeah, yeah. I also that's have an a interesting radio. point. <laughs> What's that? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Where he hits a it. Radio. He, <laughs> yeah, he hits him back with that. Like, yeah, yeah. my radio's bigger. This is advanced um, technology. It's called a radio. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's an interesting point too. You like you don't think about like in like the making of films, but like like a cleanup aspect of something like that big and that practical. God, it must be such a nightmare to like, not Dude. even just like the setup, capturing, like making sure it's all good, but then it's like the aftermath. It's like. All right, guys, uh, go clean all that shit up. Like, yeah, that's got to be <laughs> such a fucking endeavor. Fuck. Yeah. I guess with it, like ripping the ceiling like that, there was just like brackets and fucking debris particles fucking everywhere. Dude, that's like, easy to understand. Like why those fucking like why movies and shit cost like 100, 150 million when shit like that starts stacking up like. Yeah. Or like stuff like that that you don't anticipate. It's like, yeah, we got to go a little lean on this next one because we fucking overshot the train sequence. Uh, right. Why don't you just use a miniature asshole? Um, <laughs> Dude, that's some of the most interesting shit to me. Like when, when I watch movies, like going back and figuring out those shots, like stuff like that. And yeah. How they do it. Like, yeah. That, that poltergeist one, when we talked about that, the house with the poltergeist one, that shit was crazy. With like the vacuum, the miniature that was like a oh, vacuum yeah. with the shot, like dude, in the shotgun, frame. and like how they had to frame it up, and it's like if you fuck this up, it's like yeah, if you don't capture it, then you gotta you gotta go back to square one. It's like oh man, yeah, be like one of those prop designers, like you just like fucking missed like one little thing, and it just fucks the whole thing up. Like that's gotta be a shitty feeling, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty nuts to see like like I've I've learned like 
over the years, like seen stuff that was miniature that I didn't realize like that. That's a pretty viable, like even this day and age, I mean, people still use miniatures, but it's pretty crazy. Like the level of detail that they do put into that kind of stuff. But I can only imagine like, you know, opening that up and maxing it out, like on a full scale with train and using plywood as a stand in sounds fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, cool. Coolio. Uh, do you have any more tidbits or anything you el- else you want to go over with Skyfall? All right. So then thus far in, in this series, I guess, since you've seen quantum of solace too, where do you put, uh, what's your top three right now, Steve, out of the three that you've seen Craig era. Um, that's tough. Cause I just watched Skyfall today. So I might, I might need to, deferred Sit on question it. yeah okay that's fine to give it it's to give it it's uh fair consideration if if gun to your head right now skyfall or casino royale I, I think i'd have to go casino royale okay just that's fair but you know i i, yeah. I could change my mind later i'm the same way casino royale from i love skyfall but casino royale out of uh, the the whole craig series Casino Royale is my favorite. Yeah. I I had a different experience with like get, getting into Bond, I guess, in general mm-hmm. again. Skyfall is what did it for me. And then sure, I went yeah. back. So I saw Skyfall actually before Casino Royale. Oh, shit. So okay. I, I saw Skyfall and then because I was never a really big Bond guy. Um, yeah, yeah. But I I always like Goldeneye. That was like the one like foundation that oh, I had. Sure. Was like a lot of people are in their thirties. You know, they have a big attachment to that, which I think is a funny segue to. I'll I'll bring in that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's this. <laughs> it's his dad. He's probably somewhere in our age, like mid mid to late thirties, early forties, maybe, and he has just dusted off his old N64 and found his old uh, golden eye. And he's got a son that's probably like, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 20. And he's just super excited about what's happening. And he turns on like the opening credits and uh, he's, he's about to take his, his son to task thinking he knows everything. Cause he's on like call of duty and all that new shit. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> Set this. I fucking love this shit. Oh, play. Oh, play. This is your ass, player. This is your ass, player. You don't know nothing about this, player. That was a that's a fucking classic, dude. Goldeneye. That was the first one I fucking picked up, dude, for the N sixty four. Nice. I didn't they just remaster it for like next gen consoles or something, or they plan to? No, they re released it. It's oh, like okay. uh, they didn't they didn't really touch it at all. But now you can fucking play the uh, multiplayer online, bro. Dude, that sounds insane. Right? Just with like dual Destaves on someone, fucking yeah, just like. Dude. <laughs> 
Dude, that's awesome. The P90. That was yep. that's my jam. Was the P90. Uh yeah. Uh, I saw I've se- I saw that years ago, but yeah, that shit just gives me a good laugh every time. Just like how fucking psyched he gets <laughs> about that shit. Yeah. Like, the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> this is soul ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right. You have to man up. Wrong bump. You have any moves? I'd like to see you incorporate them. All right. Well, that's been uh, Skyfall, and uh, to between the three of us, this this is my favorite. Um, ah, damn. I don't know. Between No Time to Die, I really like that one too. I'll say Skyfall is is number one through three here. That's that's my favorite. I don't know. Yeah. Just every, everything about it. The villain, I really dig. Uh, just seeing Bond go from like, you know, Bond to getting fucking knocked down a peg and having to kind of claw his way back up and kind of maneuver yeah. his way through, um, clawing his way up to to Silva and and you know M send off and then kind of folding into the the new bond era with all the callbacks and you got money penny you got all the chess pieces set up um i I really liked where this left off and i was i was like beyond psyched going into specter and i'll i'll save my my thoughts for that until we reconvene next month uh where we'll cover that makes sense specter if that's what you watched first you know what i mean like if that's what you saw that sniped you back into it like for sure that would that would that would put you up there yeah yeah i was i was super psyched on it and like don't get me wrong like i, I even seeing this first like I, I i don't know it's it to me it's tough to like rank them like this one's better like i think sure yeah. all of the craig bonds are good probably you know yep. quantum of solace is the easy like to take out like at the bottom of your list maybe but yeah. um Actually, I I kind of have a hot take next week when we get into the Spectre, but um, uh, I think they're they're all good quality films. Just and and like Casino Royale is is great. It's it's one of my favorites. Like when I'm like sick or I'm like laid yeah. up or I'm like just really out of it. Casino Royale is like for whatever reason is like one of those comfort movies where I can put on in the background and like I know all the beats and stuff. Or if if yep. I, if I you know see it's on streaming or something when I'm scrolling and I'm sick of fucking looking for something to pick I'll just, I'll throw that on you know and so it it's it's definitely something about Skyfall it just it just has that little extra it's got that X factor for me that makes me just like it so much more but um so yeah next next time which roughly I have it slated for around may 12th so a month from now uh we'll we'll move along to the next entry which will be uh specter from 2015 in the craig arabon films um and then so next week looking forward uh to the show we're gonna have steve's dad back on ostensibly did you get in touch with him about uh we're good to go sweet uh cool so yeah we'll have we'll have steve's faja on uh again next week to kind of continue on there you you listen to the last episode with steve's pops yep you dig it that was some crazy ass stories bro dude yeah that suicide one with the coke knife dog that was like damn that sounds like a fucking that sounds like a tv show dog that's crazy yeah i wasn't I, i didn't know what to expect going into that but i was like 
yeah, it definitely uh, blew my socks off. Like all the, all the shit that, that he had been doing like post high school and like, Oh, like, dude, even yeah. just like juggling like the EMT firefighter yes. college and then going into the academy and getting th- here you go, kid, getting thrown the keys yeah. to a fucking squad. Dude, car. That was like, awesome to hear him tell that. And he, the way he told it, he was yeah. just like, yeah. And then sure enough, four, four days later, I come in, they say, hey, nobody's going to be with you there, but yeah, go <laughs> on out there. Dude, I was like, oh, shit. It's so crazy to think like in the seventies and eighties, it's just like, that's how fucking shit rolled, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's like, talk about on the job training, dude, by yourself. What did he say? He said, uh, the guy told him, uh, (laughs) don't get into anything. You can't handle like, what, what what did he fucking tell him? It's like, what does that mean? Yeah. Don't get into anything you can't get out of. Like, thanks. (laughs) What the fuck? bro? Great advice. (laughs) Like, I don't even know diddly poo right now <laughs> you're telling me yeah dude he just walks in like all right who am i riding with today uh nobody here's your keys don't get into something you can't get out of <laughs> what dude and patrolling like such a large surface area with like yeah lack of backup that was, like hear those that, numbers like, were wild dude yeah that was kind of a shocker even for like you know like how small this local area is you would think there would be a little bit more resource behind that but what do you say to like like maybe if you get lucky you'd have like an oroville pd or chp but you never know you know like like, could just be on your own fuck on like a shootout or something like yeah that's crazy or dealing with just some like maniac it's like dude the pcp stories that shit was great i didn't really like i didn't know that that like meth it's funny because you don't think about these kind of things right but like yeah, meth not being around and him being this like the PCP wrangling cowboy dude was just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. and he's like, yeah, and then meth comes along, and I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, that's crazy. Yeah, that was interesting to hear like that. Like he's been through those like timelines, like of when it's yeah. like, okay, now we're in the meth era, you know, and like yeah. we've we've drifted from just pure PCP. <laughs> I liked all his terminology too, like. uh, like you wouldn't go on a call, you would roll. Like yeah, we were yeah, rolling. Yeah. And then what? What was the other one for cuffing someone? Was hook them up? Yeah, hook them. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. funny to pick up like the little like the the lingo, you know, that he still got in him. That was cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was we've gotten a lot of good feedback from that episode. Like, dude, Steve's dad's a, a fucking G. Like, yeah, that dude, was super and the cool. Secret Service. That cliffhanger of like, hey, by the way, next oh, yeah. episode is Secret Service. Like. I'm I'm pumped to hear to hear that ass the hear those stories for sure. Yeah, yeah, it'll be totally. it'll be fun. Yeah, dude, he should write a book, man. Fuck. And that's that's going to be the episode that's coming out Thursday, or uh, so we'll, oh. we'll record that yeah. next week. So that will come out. That will drop April twenty seventh. Yep. And our episode currently will will be releasing April twentieth, four twenty, bro. Fucking hey, brother. Smoke them if you got them. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, uh, let us know what you thought of Skyfall or anything else under the sun. Hate mails welcomed. Um, you can reach out to us. Email wax at waxingtheporpoise.com. Either of our socials, Instagram is waxing the at waxing the porpoise. Twitter is at waxing the porp. Uh, leave us a five-star review or whatever you think we're worth. Uh, keep the likes reviews coming, helps people discover the show. Um, 
uh, Staring John, you have a Twitch channel. You plug that real quick. Yeah, sure. Come on by twitch.television kinetic underscore onslaught. O-N-S-L-O-T. Perfect. And are you, you're still mainly NES? Yep. Sundays. We actually, today was a fucking fantastic stream. Nice. Today was great. Banged out. Sundays I do Sega because I didn't have a Sega growing up. So uh, a lot of, a lot of the shit is new to me. So I beat uh, Hyperstone Heist, Teenage Mutant Dude, Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist. That's one of we my just went through faves. That. It's a banger. Yeah. And then I've never beaten two games in one stream. So we finished up that and Shinobi 3. Nice. That's yeah, interesting. So. I was a Genesis kid growing up. Like I, oh, I think I had NES for like a hot minute and I only yep. played like the made like the like Mario. I think I left off yeah. with like Mario 3. That was a huge totally event because that kind of coincided with view i'm sure you've seen wizard with fred yeah, yeah, savage right. dude yep that was like the nintendo world championships that's all yeah dude have you ever seen wizard steve with fred no. savage yeah dude such a fucking fun movie christian slater's in it bow bridges he found the warp star yeah, dude they hyped that dude the marketing for that was so on point like like living dude, through that's that the at the time love, dude. yeah dude that was my first i was like what they have a fucking the power glove and he like lucas yeah. the fucking badass fucking asshole like yeah dude yeah i love wizard and yeah super mario 3 will always like something about that game just always hits for me but but yeah it's beyond that game. i was a sonic genesis kid so yeah hyperstone heist was sick have you played have you ever played vector man no Dude, you should check out Vector Man on Genesis. Vector Man, I'll put it on the list now. Super rad, awesome. Uh, comic Zone, comic dude, that's awesome too. Super, just got that one. Super we rad, got, yeah. That one's cool because you're like, it's like literally like you're jumping like like the different like scenes like the fight scenes. You're jumping off the page and onto like yeah. another comic strip and like fight, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely like way ahead of its time and super un- like a fun like brawler yeah. i guess or I totally all that platformer yeah. it's really it's really wild the way sega and super nintendo well at least with like certain brands like konami yeah so like when you think about contra and stuff like that it was genesis would get a completely different game yep. than the super nintendo so contra 3 alien wars and then contra hardcore yeah castlevania bloodlines and then uh super castlevania 4 so it was like you could they're, between the Super and the Genesis version, it's just like a completely different game. Like Turtles is another one, Hyperstone Heist or Turtles and Time. Turtles and Time. So yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like how they had like the licensing for like the thing, but they didn't do like you know how I mean PlayStation and Xbox still have their own exclusives, and then they mm-hmm. have crossover where like it's you know it's it's free play for. Yep. either but yeah it's like when genesis and, and snes came out it was like there's battle lines drawn like hardcore yeah. like this shit you can only get on here so that's where right. it diverged like i i went off down the genesis path and i never fucked yep. like i never even played super mario world to like way older like oh shit that's wild I didn't so know. yeah a bunch of snes stuff was just like totally like i have no idea yeah 
their ad, it, it does what Nintendo don't. Yeah. Dude, what was another one? I, I remember the, their back and forth marketing commercials and shit mm-hmm. were awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. Genesis always seemed like it kind of had like its fucking dick out. Like it was just like, yeah, fuck you, Nintendo. You know, like. Yeah, this shit isn't for kids was kind of their. Yeah. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is a man's game. Oh, fuck. That's good. Right yeah, on. Fuck yeah. Cool. Yeah. So check out, check out John on his Twitch stream. Super cool. Um, hitting the, the, the deep cuts, the choice nugs as it were. Uh, so are, are you, you do Genesis currently on Sundays? Are you going to like yeah. at a certain point branch out and get to other consoles or are you just kind of plumbing the depths on the, on the older consoles for now? Right now I'm really just doing the old stuff. Like just going through and doing the plan is Tuesday, Thursdays, NES, five thirty to nine thirty. Uh and it's literally just like I have all these games. And I'm gonna play through them all. So if you wanna fucking come and watch them, if you wanna pick the next one, there's way there's there's ways that I fucking have, have made to monetize the stream to like be able to make money off of it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh really the concept is just you come in, you wanna see a game, you donate five subs, you get to add a game to the fucking queue. Nice. Uh, so once you do that, then you look through like, oh, you have this game, like Legacy of the Wiz. That was one we talked about. Mm-hmm. I have Legacy of the Wizard, and it's just like all like I, I just have a fat list, and so people come by and they look through that and they go, oh shit, yeah, I remember this game. I played this. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, I want to see you play that. And then you can queue it up that way. Uh, really, the idea is just the two demographics essentially, right? What I'm going for is younger people who have no fucking clue what it is and are seeing something new for the first time. And then older people who have that nostalgia or yep. that memory of it. And it's like kind of trying to capture both. Them. Yeah, that's right. I remember I had mentioned Legacy of the Wiz because that's one of the there's a couple old NES games that are like, like I played them a lot and I never got mm-hmm. past like the fucking second or third level. But I have that's this common, I yeah. still have this like uh like good memories and like fun times. And when you look at it, it's like, dude, I didn't get like 10% of the way through the fucking game. And it seems, it seems crazy. Like, like how, like some of the games, how hard they fucking made them for kids back then. Yeah. It's like, you need a whole game guide to fucking even try to beat this thing. So Nintendo power subscription or you're fucked, dude. It's fucking wild. Yeah. I've looked at some of the screens of legacy of the Wiz, like back and forth and like all the iterations you can go through. It's like a 10 year old kid. ain't going to fucking beat this. Like, come on. Right. It's funny. Cause you can have like different things in your stream. And that's one of the things I have. Steve is fucking, it's like with channel points, you can redeem things. Right. And I have a book of fucking literally like game boy cheat codes. <laughs> and the tag so like for 500 points it's like cheat codes and it's like, you, pick, you pick a number we'll pull it out and just read a fucking cheat code off the book it's <laughs> oh, so awesome i think yeah. it, it i think it bears uh telling that story real quick before we hop off here one time uh we were we were at work all of us and uh one of our other co-workers was strolling along and me and John were like trading graphic novels. I think we were like, it was like saga and like, uh, what's that other, the Manhattan one. Oh yeah. Uh, ex machina, ex machina. Yeah. We were fucking like, we we're talking about that talking shop and we we're trading them. And this other coworker fucking strolls up and he's like, <laughs> and he sees like it's graphic <laughs> novels and it's comics and shit. And he's like, Oh, what do we got here? 
fucking cheat codes. <laughs> Some fucking meathead, just like it was a fair question, though. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, but just and and I don't fault him because it's a really good memory. It's like it's like it's another hilarious. one of those that's yeah. branded into my fucking brain. Yep. <laughs> like I think I pick when I think of cheat codes, I picture like the big game genie fucker on the top of the yeah. cartridge, and I think of yep. Tyler's big dumb face saying cheat codes. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Well, and and then uh, you guys retorting like, no, they're actually graphic novels. Yeah, uh, it's actually <laughs> they're graphic novels. Yeah, you fucking literature dog. <laughs> yeah, that's another good one. We'll have to save for another day. <laughs> Alrighty, friends. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you when we see you, and we'll see you later. Bye.